Did you know Bold Commerce has some of the best apps to increase the size of almost all your orders? Maybe you're looking to run store-wide sales with countdown timers. Boom! Bold Discounts will run your scheduled promos with just a few clicks, no coupon codes required. Or maybe you're looking to maximize average order value. You could count on Bold Upsell, Bold Motivator, or Bold Bundles. With Bold Upsell, you can offer product upgrades, cross-sales, or complimentary products as free gifts. With Bold Bundles, you could boost average order value by bundling a few products or an entire collection so that your customers can mix and match items to get a discount. Now, hey, when was the last time you made an online purchase and saw a message like, spend 15 more dollars for free shipping? With Bold Motivator, you could do that same thing and more. Offer free shipping, free product, or even a percentage off the entire order. Pick and choose which apps are best for you, or use them all to boost conversion at an average order value. With free bold apps for 14 days, there's no excuse not to try and boost your sales this year. To get this special offer, go to boldcommerce.com slash Kurt. That's boldcommerce.com slash K-U-R-T. Man, did you know that you can get people's emails on your website and then send them emails in the hope that they'll remember you and buy? All right, fine. So I'm describing newsletters and, and email marketing. We're familiar with that. But of course, the power of email marketing is is really only as valuable as the list. And with an internet business, your, your list, your audience, that's the cornerstone of your marketing power, what you can do, the total addressable audience. Because if you have that email marketing list, aha, we can market to these people. We can also run surveys. We could gain uh, data out of it. We can use it uh, for remarketing efforts with custom audience. There is a lot of value in that. But there's a bottleneck, a limiting factor. And there's two things, the quality of the people on that list and the quantity. I need both of these things, right? And getting people to sign up for your email list, uh, harder than you think, even when you're just like straight up giving stuff away, harder than you think. And when you do start giving stuff away, now suddenly the quality goes down. So there's a lot that goes into building these email lists. And recently someone emailed me and said, hey, I, I know I have a, a strategy, a tactic, whatever you want to call it, for building those email lists. And it's controversial. And I'd love to tell you about it. And of course, I heard controversial. And I'm like, well, that makes good. That's a good podcast topic. That's good fodder. And so there's a man who claims that we can get emails of anonymous website visitors and that it may it, uh, it may be legal? Oh, I, I don't know, but we're going to talk through it today. So joining us is Adam Robinson, founder and CEO of Get Emails, which they've bootstrapped to 10 million ARR, annual recurring revenue, in 24 months with six people. Wow, that is some seriously lean bootstrapping. I'm, very, I'm impressed. Uh, but prior to that, he was founder CEO of Robly Email Marketing, which he bootstrapped and exited for eight figures to private equity in 2020. Oh, love that private equity. Uh, lives in Austin. You're like doing the full, just <laughs> sweet bootstrap startup thing. Even living in Austin, there's like he's got a big neon sign behind him that says like "Hustle hard every day, never sleep." It's the full deal. I think he's in a garage. There appears to be a Ferrari behind him. All right, so I made up like 20 percent of that, but a lot of it's true. Anyway, I'm Kurt Elster. I'm your host, Kurt Elster. This is the unofficial Shopify podcast. And man, Adam, okay, this is going to be, well, I hope this is controversial. Um, so 
what are we doing here? You, we can get people's emails without, and we can add people to our email list without them opting into it. That is correct. Are With, you a wizard? <laughs> no, but I can give you a pixel that works as a magic wand. So, um, what we're talking about today is a strategy which I call email-based retargeting, and what it does is it allows you to connect anonymous website visitors to deliverable email addresses without them filling out any forms or buying anything. And it'll pop it into your Klaviyo account and you can start slowly warming these people up and eventually moving them down the funnel to make a purchase. And all sorts, yeah, all sorts of questions are going off in, in, in your head right now. I'm, I'm sure of it and I'm sure I know what they are. So <laughs> <laughs> after doing this for a couple of years, they're the exact same questions. All right. So, so I visit, I'm, I'm Kurt, I'm, and I say, you know what? I need a sweet new pair of jorts. Got to get me some sweet dad jorts. And I go shopping for jorts. I'm on like bestjorts.com mm-hmm. and I go through the site, do nothing and leave. And then the next day I'm getting emails from bestjorts.com telling me about my visit. It's better than that. You get them in real it's time. It's better? <laughs> you get them in real time. You get them 15 minutes later. How? Okay. So you are a wizard. What is this magic? Um, so like I said, so, so is the question, how does it work? Or is the question, you know, how, 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 would, how would jorts be able <laughs> it's it straight up sounds impossible let's start with the what like give me give me the process i land on your web i land on this this fictitious jorts website right then what there's a few ways that you could do something like this i'm going to just tell you how our tech works because that's the only thing i can speak to so there is an ad tech world out there in which website visitors are being identified for purposes of cross-website tracking and segmenting um, through cookies and cookie pools. I'm sure we've all heard of this. There's big controversy about Chrome getting rid of cookies and what that's going to do to the open internet, meaning advertisers other than Google, Facebook, and Amazon. It will be catastrophic to the open internet when Google does this. But through cookieing people, you can keep them anonymous and you can look at how they behave on the internet and attach sort of segment interest type information to them so that they can be included in segments for targeted advertising. Now, inside of that cookie, certain cookie pools use an email hash as the identifier, meaning it's an email address, but it's encrypted in a way to where a human cannot decode it on its own. Neither can a computer, right? So there is a world, and you're just gonna have to trust me on this, of about 75% of the United States of America who are being identified by a known email address. And in their browser, there is a cookie that has this hash inside of it, right? So step one is customer gets our pixel on the site and people start visiting their site and we're looking for a cookie that belongs to us that actually has a hash inside of it. That's step one. If you had been cookie by us, Kurt, and you came to this Jorts website, there would be a 
some, you know, impossible to decipher hash in your browser that we would see, and then it would take us to step two. So step two is how do we make sense of this and make it usable for any purpose, right? Like, right, so step one is this this cookie that it's a not it, it's a fingerprint. It exactly. Doesn't nece- it, it it does not contain like specific personally identifiable information. Like it's right. not my name, but it's it just is an a, identifier. It's a unique ID to my browser and session. Exactly, and it, it basically got okay. put in your browser because you clicked on a publisher's email at some point in the last ah, 30 okay. years or something. So, and, and that's how it knows to take your email email address and encrypt it because you're the one who took the action in the newsletter. And that's just so, part right, of how, so yeah, that's, that's part of the, how, how this whole thing works, the whole internet works. It's like, so I've got like, you, you know, I subscribe to like two dozen newsletters and on the off chance that I both, that I get up in one morning and I don't just delete all of them, I open one and then even go so far as to click one, heaven help me, it because I'm the recipient, it knows who I am. Right, and it's clicks okay. and form fills, and like it, there's basically like uh, you know a lot of web activity on publishers' um, web pages that can that can sort of get you in these cookie pools, right? Jedi scum. <laughs> so the interesting thing, and then this is where you can't do anything with this hash if you're just a person. However, if you happen to have every single email address in the US through some other type of opt-in that's being sold on the open market because there's a lot of lead gen websites out there that basically do that. You know, they'll make a website about health insurance and they'll get you to fill out the form and if you then basically people start calling you and try to sell you health insurance or mortgages or credit cards or whatever else. There's tons of these businesses. Um, their terms of service say they're going to sell your data, you know, nine ways to Sunday. Uh, and if you happen to put together a massive network of those types of websites that can provide basically any plain text email, you could hash all of those. And then if I see a hash visiting the George website, I can cross-reference it with a hash in my database and if there's a match, then I have the plain text email. So all of a sudden, I've sort of de-anonymized this anonymous information. Now, this is where it gets controversial, like I said before. It's definitely not in the spirit of the ad network to be de-anonymizing this anonymous information. However, it's highly lucrative to an e-commerce brand if we de-anonymize this information and give them a plain text deliverable email address for them to start retargeting their customers over, over email. So that's step two. It's actually taking the hash, cross-referencing it with a database of third-party opt-ins, and getting it to plain text. We've got to step two is we're we're going to unmask exactly this browser. We know like we've got the fingerprint, and then we're going to compare it to a a larger database where we've you know maybe I filled in. Yeah, I like the example of the. The, the mortgage application, you know, if you ever like fill out that refi thing and then you're oh going to get God, bombarded yeah. you're with <laughs> 40 calls and text messages in 20 seconds, right? And so, yeah, you, you filled out something like that and now it's going to crawl and it was in the same browser, you know, that I, I did something else or I, you click this email. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be in the same browser to get in the database. You just have to oh, have really? done it. Yeah, you just have to have done it at some point. Okay. And all right, so that step two, step one is the the cooking process, which I really don't have a lot of control over unless I really go through some effort. 
Yeah, you know, you could use a, a browser that doesn't support cookies, or you can. You the know, pro- it's so impractical because it's yeah, like it well, ends well, up making the that, web inconvenient. <laughs> like that's the cost of my privacy is convenience. Th- that's the privacy trade-off in general. It's it's these products are incredible, but they're incredibly invasive. You know, all, all think about Instagram. People are constantly uploading stories to the best AI in the world. Basically, it's video. In the background of the video, there's so much information about you that these guys learn. Who are the faces? Who are their social networks? Are you on a boat? Are you in a car? What kind of car is it? You know, it, do you have a dog? Like, it's incredible the amount of information. Like, <laughs> so, so I, I just find this conversation amusing because what we do is very specific and it seems to offend some people in the privacy realm, just what we're doing. But like, the fact that People are constantly giving up every single bit of their life through through Instagram stories, TikTok stories, all that stuff to these massive companies for the explicit purpose of being manipulated. Seems to me to be far more invasive. It's just you don't see it happening. You know, <laughs> it's it's crazy. And then people yeah. wonder how and people wonder how it reads their minds and listen to their conversations and everything else. It's like, well, you're constantly feeding it. 3D video, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're, it's incredibly rich medium. So anyway, that's not the point of this conversation. But no, you, anyway. but yeah, I, you're 100% right. And I, I yeah. sometimes think about that, you know, and that like at my house, I have, I have 10 or 12 smart speakers because we use them as an intercom system. And so yeah. they're everywhere. And then yeah. on top of it, the exterior of the house is studded in cloud cameras. And so I'm just like, I am feeding the beast. Totally. And then, you know, but then I get a spam email or a robocall and I'm like, what the hell? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Accidents happen. Maybe you installed an app and it messed up your theme. Or a store collaborator deleted product images by mistake. Common myth. Shopify is a backup that you can use when something goes wrong with your store. Untrue! They don't. Myth busted. So what do you do? You use Rewind to equip your Shopify store with automated backups. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your own magic undo button. Trusted by over 100,000 businesses, from side hustles to the biggest online retailers like Nix and Movement Watches. It's even a Shopify Plus certified app. Best of all, visit rewind.com slash Kurt Elster and get a 30-day free trial. Enjoy peace of mind with Rewind Backups. Find it in the Shopify App Store or visit rewind.com. Okay, so I see I see how it's possible, and it, it's clever. It really is. Um, is it legal? I'm so, ignoring the the like morality, ethics, yep. just purely do I get, you know, is this going to cost me if I get caught doing this? Right. So the answer is in the United States of America, it is 100% legal. I can get emails.com slash legal explains it all. Uh, there's a couple applicable laws that make it legal and it's different in Europe and it's different in Canada. So the CAN-SPAM Act of 2003 was reviewed in 2019. And contrary to popular belief, uh, it's actually opt-out legislation and not opt-in legislation. As a contrast to GDPR and CASEL in Canada, which are both explicit opt-in for data collection and on the internet and CASEL's opt-in for email communication. So in the U.S., the Direct Marketing Association lobbies that CAN-SPAM law super hard. Whoever their backers are, they want it to stay that way. 
Next question for most people is like, well, why do I not just spam everybody? It's because the most important thing in email marketing is not the law. Like, not very many people have been persecuted under the Can Spam Act. There's been oh, a couple it's so fines. Toothless. Yeah, it's well, so well there, there, there's been a couple fines. that have been like twenty grand or whatever. It's like, but a lot of people adhere to best practices in email marketing. Why? It's because it's your deliverability reputation that matters. It's your ability to stick emails in the inbox and not hit the spam folder that drives email ROI. That's the most precious thing in the world to you. So what really matters in email isn't necessarily whether you have an opt-in or not. It's whether you have high open rates, high click rates, low unsubscribe rates, low complaint rates. As an email marketer, if I could take a list of all email addresses that had no opt-in but had that type of engagement, it would be much better for me than a fully opted-in list that had the opposite engagement because that would destroy my deliverability. Does that make sense? Yes. Bad yeah, deliverability I... begets – yeah. So so that's really what matters in email. And the I easiest am... way to explain that to somebody because this will work almost every time is don't send anyone who you didn't get a first-party opt-in for. Yeah, if you spam right. people, you're going to end up in the spam folder. Over it's time, just as simple yeah, as that. totally. And and people learn it, learn that lesson in a bunch of different ways. You can go out and buy an email list, blast it. <laughs> you know, your ESP is going to get mad at you. Your boss is going to get mad at you. It's going to cause a problem. It's going to take a long time to undo. Um, but uh, you know, this this strategy, which we can talk about the engagement of it later. Um, there's a third step of it, which actually makes it sort of magic in this department and work really well. So step one was they were actually on your website, which means it's hyper-targeted and it's real time. So what kills you in email are old lists for the most part, by the way, because old email addresses turn into spam traps. If you blast to a list with a bunch of spam traps on it, like it will ruin your month, maybe even your year. Like you're going to have all sorts of problems with Klaviyo. It's going to take, you know, basically what you have to do if your deliverability gets hit is you have to basically start sending to like seven day clickers and then gradually add people into your list till you're back up to your full sending volume, which is a horribly tedious process, and it's so painful that people don't want to do that. But did, run me through. Um, well, did, uh, remind me what a, a spam trap is. A honey. So a, yeah, exactly. So a spam trap after an email address is like 18 months old or so. Hotmail or Yahoo or Gmail or whatever. They will take that email address if it hasn't been used in 18 months and they'll turn it into a honeypot. And what that who, – who does that get in trouble? It gets in trouble people who are buying lists and it gets people in trouble who are scraping the internet and blasting it out. And they'll put fake, fake addresses all over the internet too for the same purpose. Um, but the idea is that if someone hasn't opened an email from you in 18 months, you should have definitely removed them from your list by now. Anybody. Just standard sort of list hygiene practices. Yeah, I was gonna say we want that's where we want the the quality of the list so that we don't affect our deliverability. Is that we want to engage in that that list hygiene? Yeah, obviously you didn't get the opt in on your own in the last twelve months or so. If it's a two year old email <laughs> and it's a spam trap, right? So they know that if you hit a bunch of spam traps, you are doing something wrong. You're not adhering to sort of best practices. You're buying a list or you're whatever. Um, so the third step of this thing, step one was there on your website. Step two is we get a plain text address. We couldn't just give you the plain text address because that would expose you to spam traps. 
those wouldn't necessarily be deliverable in many cases. So we buy a ton of open and click data from the email ecosystem. And we make sure that this email address has opened or clicked in the last 14 days before we give it to you. Because if it's opened or clicked in the last 14 days, it's definitely not a spam trap. I didn't realize that was data you could purchase, but in retrospect, of course it is. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I used to own an email marketing company, which is the only reason I know that. Um, but yeah, but that's kind of the thing that makes the whole thing work. It's, you know, super targeted. We send it to you 15 minutes later, very new, and they're super active in the email ecosystem. So we know they're hot in that respect, and um, we, know that, uh, we know that they're not spam traps. So that's the whole picture of how it works. Now, back to the legal question, which we were going into, right, which is very important. In the U.S., it's that can-spam law for email, and we establish that what you really care about, it's totally legal, but what you really care about is your engagement of emails. So that law, it's fine that it's legal. Um, there's this other California thing that a lot of people are very unclear on. Copa. and. CCPA, CPRA. Yeah, consumer, consumer Privacy Protection. California Consumer Privacy Act. Got it. Yeah. CCPA. So, so the one sentence explanation for most people is, well, that's just GDPR in the U.S., right? <laughs> that's kind of how I look at it, yeah. Now you're going to tell me how I'm like completely wrong. No, well, in, in many cases, it's similar, but there's one critical difference. In the U.S., there's this federal-level law that is opt-out. A state in the U.S., because of the federalist system, it can't come in on top of a federal law and say that a federal law is illegal in that state. They'd get sued under federal law. So the critical difference between the California legislation and GDPR is that the California legislation is actually opt-out legislation also. It's disclosing to your customers the data that they have, giving them an option to get it deleted, and then giving them an option to opt out of anything you're doing with it, basically. But a, the critical distinction is it's not opt-in. Does that make sense? So similar to how can spam works now already. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So basically, it makes this fine. <laughs> Legally. We're not talking about the ethics or whatever. But from a legal standpoint... <laughs> It is fine to do this in the U.S. Even if you're not a U.S. company, you can do it for your U.S. audience. Hey, folks, Paul jumping in here for a second to remind you all that no one on this show is a lawyer. So uh, enjoy the show, but act accordingly. All right. So so long as I'm in the United States, U.S. business, U.S. resident, I could do this. I need software like yours to do it. You provide me a list of emails uh, you identify visitors to my site based on a pixel. Yeah. Associate that to an email address where possible right. because, you know, I foolishly used the internet. Right. And, <laughs> Shame on you. Yeah. D- damn it. <laughs> and then um, uh, you do some list hygiene on it where you, yeah. you attempt to verify. Major list hygiene. The, 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 is- the only reason this works is because we're crazy about list hygiene. If we weren't, we would be giving people bad emails and it it, it would blow up their – email program and wreck their deliverability. Yeah. We would have no customers, you know? All right. So once I have these emails and I'm going to start emailing these customers there, there's gotta be best practices in there. Like I'm sure this is not just like throw it in your newsletter and cross your fingers. Cause that, well, well, that's trash my deliverability. 
Yeah, that's what. That's the only instances in which we've seen people get in trouble. If they collect contacts for a couple weeks, and then they just blast them all at once. And in my mind, the reason that that's a problem is because in today's internet, like if I'm on a website and I sort of get an email from that website 10 minutes later or whatever, I don't know, maybe I opted in, maybe I didn't, but at least I remember the brand and I'm not yeah, like, it's fresh what, in my mind. what is this? You know, like in, in my opinion, two weeks or something like that, like in internet time, that's like a hundred years. Like I have no idea what brands websites I was on two weeks ago. No recollection whatsoever. It's true. So, um, so the best practice is pretty simple. Um, we will, as I mentioned, shoot these to Clavio in real time. And we literally just tell people, whatever your welcome series is, copy it, paste it, change the first subject line of the first email from welcome to our newsletter to thanks for stopping by the site. Ah, okay. Everything so else stays the same. Same, same, co- same copy. Did. Yeah, exactly. Same copy in the email, same promotions, whatever it is, same like one, two, three, four, five welcome series. Um, but literally just like that very soft suggestion reminding them that they stopped by the site. Okay. And that it's true. Adding that really does reduce a lot of the friction because you're jogging their memory. It's not just like some random email. And you're right, do it like fired off within 15 minutes. Like, unless they're a goldfish, they should remember. And, and if they remember, it's just less, you know, infuriating or however you want to describe less it. Less intrusive. If they don't, yeah. And then they just stay on my email list or like do I – certainly I should attempt to warm them up or do I, do I invite the no? Do I invite them to opt out? So uh, most of our customers I would categorize as like the Shopify Plus audience. And I think by the time somebody's in that bucket, uh, almost all of them have three to five part welcome series that they're using for their – their normal opt-ins, right? Because it works. So it works like it works like incredibly well. So we say basically if somebody that we give you hasn't opened in three emails or so, stop sending to them. Right? This type of contact. Not even necessarily is if you're using a technology like this and you're getting an email address in this way, if if one of these email addresses doesn't open in three emails, just pull them off the list. If they do, if they open at some point in that welcome series, put them on your newsletter and just keep retargeting them over newsletters because what we have seen time and time again is the majority of the revenue of these email addresses comes from the long tail of just retargeting the newsletters and it's very basic marketing, whatever you want to call it, like uh, knowledge, right? You have to be in contact with a brand five to seven times before you are familiar enough to purchase with them. Seven points of contact is the magic number, at which point my my reptile brain says, I trust you, you're not a venomous snake. Totally, totally. So um, it, it's, it's, it makes it tricky to analyze the ROI. It's not super tricky. It's just not as straightforward as, as looking at the value of the flow in Clavio because the only about a third of the P&L, maybe a little bit less, comes from the actual flow right? Two thirds of it comes from just hitting them over and over again in the newsletters. And what you have to do to actually look at the P&L for a program like this is, you know, do it for 30 or 60 days. On day 60, go into Clavio, make a segment of these emails, have the one field be customer lifetime value and actually download the spreadsheet and add it up. 
they don't make it easy at all to actually look at the ROI of a list of emails. They do campaign level attribution, if that makes sense. They'll tell you the PNL of the campaign that you sent out of the of the welcome series, but they won't tell you the PNL of the list, which is uh, highly annoying okay. for us. So, so the way you need to look at these program of this type of program, there's no way to do it in Google Analytics either. No way to do it in Clavio. You just actually have to just like manually get the list of emails, see how much money you made, see how much you paid us, and do the simple calculation, or see how much you paid someone like us. Excuse me. So. <laughs> So yeah, you know, uh, this is what we do. <laughs> it sounds like your solution is it's purely the this acquisition portion, and then I plug that into Clavio. Put the script on your website. There's a one-click integration built into our software where it's like an OAuth. You know, you put in your Clavio login and password, and you set up <clears throat> your Clavio integration, and it'll just you know you do that one step in Clavio that I said copy the journey, change the subject line, and you just route the contacts into that journey. And, you know, if you want, only move the openers over to your ongoing email newsletter. What's something you just can't live without? For this Shopify merchant, it's Zipify one-click upsell. $10 of extra revenue on every single order, 30% increase for us in average order value. You can't live without it as a Shopify store owner. What would be a game changer for your business? For this merchant, it's a simple Shopify app. Zipify one-click upsell. It's definitely a game changer. It's adding about $9 in extra revenue for every customer that we bring in. That's right. Our number one app that we've been using to help transform our business overall has been... Hey, oh, were you listening to that? You really want to hear about this life-changing Shopify app? Here it is. One-click upsell. It's going to help you increase your average order value a lot and increase your profit from your hard work. Zipify one-click upsell can increase your Shopify revenue by 10 to 15% overnight. Created by the owner of a $155 million brand and trusted by over 11,000 Shopify merchants, one-click upsell helps you boost your average order value with targeted upsells and cross-sells. It is no wonder one-click upsell has made its users an extra $316 million in sales. To start your free 30-day trial, go to zipify.com slash Kurt. That's Z-I-P-I-F-Y dot com slash K-U-R-T. And to get an unadvertised gift, email help at zipify.com and ask for the Tech Nasty bonus. Tech Nasty. Uh, now, if this works with email, can I do this with like, can I pull their mailing address and start firing off postcards? So yeah, there's there's a company that does this and services mainly bigger like not Shopify retailers, like larger retailers. Like the uh, Gap? Called, called, yeah, like called Pebble Post. And they literally do only this. It's like the same sort of identity backbone that they're doing. And they're doing the same sort of uh, de-anonymization. But they just have kind of an agency arm that actually does like the creative for the cards and sends them out. And it's a little bit, you know, <laughs> privacy is a tricky thing, right? The big brands don't mind doing that, even though the same de-anonymization tactic is happening, because yeah, they're not they're not it? touching it. They're not touching it, and it's not email. So it's some. It, it's you know I get it. It's way less sensitive. It's like if I'm a marketer at one of those big companies, I'm like oh yeah, like if this will drive ROI, like it, it, it's happening over there. Like we're not. <laughs> it's not anywhere inside of our CRM. Like we're not spamming people 
but like you can the the the, the answer is yes you can absolutely do this with uh, hmm. with with direct direct mail we don't have many customers doing the direct mail part of it just because i feel like a strength you know every business is different every sales process and onboarding process is different ours specifically is just really good for like a shopify plus customer and their email program and so we have so much success selling that so quickly that it's like you know it hasn't sort of and we're so lean like you highlighted before it's like well game respect the, game i recognized it immediately yeah the, the uh you know the the direct mail part of this hasn't been like the next thing to work on yet i'm sure it will eventually you know well people will want that but like um and also there's this other element where I owned an email service provider before this. So it's like kind of the hammer and to the carpenter, every right. problem is a hammer and a every nail thing. It's a like, hammer. yeah, exactly. Like, like it, I have a little of that problem with my brain. So, um, you know, I'm sure as we grow, I will bring people into the organization who are not afflicted with that <laughs> handicap. All right. <laughs> well, so email is your, your forte. Yeah. With these acquiring customers in this way, for my email list, how does that ROI? And I know it's like such a you know how long's a piece of string. How does that ROI compare in your experience to you know more traditionally acquired emails? Traditionally acquired, right? Well, it's phenomenal because the price of the record we're giving you for its quality is unbelievable. Um, so our you know we probably sort of similar to probably I'm sure a lot of other usage-based businesses. It's like the more you use, the lower the price per record is. So just to give you an idea, our lowest volume customers pay a quarter per email. Our highest volume who are doing like a half a million emails a month or whatever, it gets down to like eight or nine cents per record. And the engagement, this is what's going to blow people's mind. The engagement of these emails because of how we're getting them and how you're sending them out, it's actually higher open rates and higher click-through rates than your house list is, which doesn't make any sense. No, I know that's it's literally expected. Like, what, what's the theory? So, no, I what's mean, I think I think it's I think it's just it's it's this combination. It's actually the perfect list, right? Because they were on your site 15 minutes ago. They're super hot leads in the email ecosystem, and because they're on your site, they're highly targeted, and it's sending a one-to-one email rather than like a batch email and it's sending them when they're online. So that all of that adds up to like incredibly high engagement with the email. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. So 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 like for instance, one of our customers who's a really early customer of ours, Carryuma, they're this very cool shoe brand that like I would aspire if I were a direct consumer company to like be, you know, they raise money and they're doing great and they're in LA and they make these like, you know, vegan shoes, they call them. They're Brazilian. Can I eat them? Before before he was using get emails, he was getting leads on Facebook for like a dollar fifty or dollar seventy-five. And our emails perform way better than his Facebook campaign was performing. And you know, we've given him like one point two million emails over the last two and a half years. It, that's incredible. You know, he's, he's like, it's been transformational to our business. And this guy's paying, you know, 13 cents a lead or something, 14 cents a lead. And it's working better than the, 
and, and, and they engage better than this dollar fifty, you know, Facebook campaign they were doing. So, and look, it, 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 you're capped by your traffic, right? It's not infinitely scalable like Facebook is in theory. So, if you don't have any traffic, it won't work. So, what percent of my traffic am I just going to be able to consistently turn into qualified emails? Like forty ish. Whoa! No, I know it's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's totally <laughs> not. No, it's mind blowing. Like. The fact that no one knows you can do this is the reason that I'm so excited about being on your podcast. <laughs> 40% of my traffic. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Holy shit. That's like, that's a, that's a game changer. It's a, it's a game changer. I mean, this is, what, this is what I'm saying. This is what the guy, Karyuma, if he were on this podcast with you right now, he would say, he's like, get emails. It's, an absolute, it's been an absolute game changer. We use it for two and a half years. Like, the deliverability is fantastic. The price per lead you know, email is the biggest revenue channel for them. We're, we're like 20% of the total revenue of that business or something. It's crazy. You know, my goal was to walk into the skeptical and really do my best <laughs> to fight loving this because it like, no one like you know, no one likes telemarketers, no one likes spam, no one likes junk mail. And so it there's that just immediate knee-jerk reaction to the concept. And God, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I apologize for that. I'm just... I'm just talking about the nature of what a service like this will do. I'm not even talking about why I think ours is awesome. It's just like, this is a better way. If you're comfortable with doing it, it's a better way to get email addresses than any other way. And like, they're not going to be quite as good as an opt-in, right? Just because they're not. Like, they won't be, you know, the conversion rate won't be as high as someone who actually gives you their email address on the website, right? The engagement is excellent, but it takes you longer to convert them. They just the the, the level of intent is not quite as high, but right. it's still high enough to make it work. And the the nature of the engagement of the emails is so good that it's just it works really well for anyone who can get their head around doing it. And I would say, for the most part, this Shopify Shopify Plus audience, they're in a state of mind where they're like, okay. If, you, if I believe that it's legal and you can show me through a very small test that the email data, that my customers aren't getting pissed off about this, then why not? <laughs> you know, like it's a totally different story with somebody like, let's say Nike, who has all sorts of, you know, maybe they're GDPR compliant worldwide. Maybe they're like concerned about the, the, the brand risk for, you know, this a PR perspective, right? But like, a Shopify store, for the most part, there's no brand to risk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're they're in the same boat I am. It's like I'm on this podcast trying to spread awareness. No one knows what what we are and what we do. You know, so um, that's why I think it's 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 resonating so well with this audience. It's like after they go through the process, and and, and by the way, like this is every call that we have, like this this whole conversation we just had, and by the end of it, just like yeah, why wouldn't I try this? Yeah. You essentially, you in the pre-interview, I voiced my concerns up front, and you were like, uh, "Let me tell you how this conversation from experience is going to go." And I was like, "Oh, here we go." And then that's exactly what happened. <laughs> oh, I got hustled, and I'm thrilled. Uh, all right, what's this thing going to cost me? How do I sign up? Give me a special offer. Let's let's work, break off a little something for so, our unofficial so yeah, listeners. What I would say to the unofficial listeners are. This is not going to work for literally anybody who's starting a Shopify site. 
like I said a few seconds ago, you need to have traffic for us to resolve emails against that traffic, number one. It's not going to work if you're just, just starting out and you're just putting your side up today. The other people who it's not going to work for are people that are not making money off of their email program anyway. If you add emails into an unprofitable email program, it will add to the unprofitability of the email program. It's like the Bill Gates quote that computing magnifies strengths and weaknesses. So rule of thumb, who's it good for? I'd say if you hit 5 million revenue, it's going to work great for you. If you hit 1 million, questionable. If you're under 1 million a year, I probably wouldn't waste my time until, you know, you have bigger fish to fry and figuring out, you know, whatever. So, um, so yeah, how's it priced? We're trying to make this as easy as possible to buy. Upgrade, downgrade, cancel anytime. You basically buy, like, you put the script on, run it for an hour, and we can tell you the approximate number of, of contacts you'll get per month. And you basically buy credits, use them during the month. If you want to cap your budget, you cap it. If you want overage on, you can let it run for, for you know, as much track as you want. And we basically have plan levels. Um, and it's, it's based upon a price per contact that scales down as your traffic goes up. So that's kind of the nature of, of the billing. It's, it's a monthly subscription that gives you all the flexibility. Um, and for an offer that I will extend to you guys, I'm going to actually even make it sweeter because of this conversation. So there at uh, getemails.com slash unofficial, you can sort of go through this you know, couple-step process and, and get um, 25% off your first three months. What I will also tell the unofficial audience is that if you're in this camp of like 5 million and above, if you use this product for six months and you have not made at least 5X ROI, I will literally, without even questioning it, give you all your money back. Wow. Yeah. I mean, all right. That's a real guarantee. There are some other guarantees in the market that are not quite that way. Literally, if you're not 5X on just going, you know, six months from now, going to Clavio, we'll download the customers we gave you. We'll sum up their client LTVs. If you look at what you've paid us and that number is not over five times what you paid us, I will just hand you all your money back. Like, I mean, we got guys getting, we got guys like getting like, we, we, yeah, we got guys getting like 30, <laughs> it, you know, it's, it's, it's fantastic. So. All right. Where can I go to learn, learn more about you, my friend? Yeah. So gettingmills.com is our website. Um, I don't personally really have like a big uh, Twitter following or whatever. Everything you need to know is on gettingmills.com. You can email me personally, adam at gettingmills.com. Um, I'm happy to just chat about whatever, answer any questions you have. Uh, and then that that offer to redeem it is at gettingmills.com slash unofficial. Phenomenal. Gettingmills.com slash unofficial. Adam, this has been eye-opening, thought-provoking, and uh, as as predicted, controversial. Uh, but I'm... I'm I'm curious. I'm interested. I think I'm I'm going to end up trying this in the future, <laughs> in, the, in the near future. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for sharing it with us. Um, I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thanks, Kurt. Starting a business online has never been easier, but growing an e-commerce business is another story. With Privy, it's never been easier to grow your email and SMS lists, automate your email marketing, send on-brand newsletters and texts, and even send abandoned cart text messages, all in one app. Which means no more toggling back and forth, no more managing contacts across apps, 
just a powerful connection between Privy's email conversion and SMS tools that lets you manage the entire customer experience all in one place. Plus, you can try Privy out for free today. Just head over to privy.com slash unofficial Shopify and you can sign up for your free 15-day trial. That's P-R-I-V-Y dot com slash unofficial Shopify.